Hello and welcome to Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for returning Scoobies and Buffy Newbies. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And I'm Holland. Today we'll be talking about episode 13 of season 2, Surprise. And surprise, we have a special guest. <laughs> it's <laughs> the editor-in-chief of Nerdist, Rachel Hine. Hello. <laughs> we were all was, very amused. <laughs> yeah, I... You're surprised. That conference. was excellent. I feel like I feel like a pun or a replay, like a wordplay should... I, I should have let it breathe. No, 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 it was just great. Go to the library. I actually had to look it up earlier because when I was writing out the episode title, I like remembered, I was like, oh, it has an exclamation mark at the end. Like, that's how they spell the episode. And then I looked on IMDb and it doesn't. So then I was like, oh, I guess in my head, I just always say, like, surprise. Oh, you know, horrible things. Yeah, I just assume that there's like an But it could just mark. be surprise. Yeah. Which oh. is... <laughs> that feels very buffy, actually. It's tragic. Oh. It's like the, uh, it's like the gem bush. Name bumper sticker. He has an exclamation point. <laughs> yep. Did you hear when Colbert was like, yeah. talking to him about that? Anyway, you know, we should, let's, let's not talk about yeah, that. Yeah, no, let's talk a little more about Jeb in the library. <laughs> he, um, before we move off from Jeb Bush, uh, on, uh, on um, Star Wars Celebration, or no, it wasn't Star Wars Celebration, it was Force Friday, he turned his exclamation point into a, um, a lightsaber. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I wouldn't expect him to do that. Neither would I. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Anyhow. <laughs> Star Wars unifies us all. Yeah. That's true. You know what? That's true. <laughs> I guess using Star Wars in a political campaign is something that is should have been done before. I think that's what it is. It mm-hmm. should have been done before. Yeah. So good on you, Jeb, for bringing it into the fold. I mean, I saw a, a lot of t-shirts with Obama holding a lightsaber. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like we appropriate it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Speaking of appropriate, no, that's <laughs> Speaking of appropriation, no. No? It's never a good segue. Hey guys, no. this time I wasn't the one who did a bad segue, and I feel pretty good about that, which is a huge surprise. Speaking of surprises, let's talk about this episode a little bit. Uh, this is a huge episode, a oh, yeah. lot happens, and before we get into the t- snowstorm of emotions that are about to hit us, let's meet our guest. It's Rachel Hine. Hello, internet and podcast listeners. <laughs> there are the folks that we do burn floppy disks of this for oh, and give it to them. My mom, maybe, yep, one, yep, maybe yep. one of them. She doesn't watch Madam Madame Hine yeah. of the Hine Estate. Yes. Uh, we have to compress it down to four megabytes. It's pretty tough, but we <laughs> love your mom. It's not my job, it's Omar's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, you're the editor-in-chief of Nerdist. That's true. It's a recent... Uh, development last couple of months I was the managing editor before that and freelance writing before that so it's been very fun very busy we uh, we speaking of lightsabers have lots of lightsaber battles all day long that actually does happen and we will often have today we had someone run into the room and say does anyone have a wand and then we're like no 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 I have mine at home three people yelled out, no mine's at home and then someone at Geek and Sundry had one and lent it to Nerdist and then everything was fine again. So it's it's very fun. It's a lot that's of great. weirdos. So that's <laughs> really great. <laughs> that's how do you determine the end of a lightsaber battle? Like I've gone into a few in my time, but usually it's kind of like someone has to kind of Obi Wan it and just kind of sacrifice themselves. Or Qui Gon Jinn, where they are just sacrificed. <laughs> yeah, well, he was just murdered. he just lost, right? Yeah, he just he lost. didn't even try. Yeah, no, he gets. It's rough. It's a rough time for Qui Gon. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, how do they end? I don't know. I think something, some new Star Wars news breaks, and we have to go back and Take write about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. And I like that. Yeah. So they don't end. No, they never end. Cool. Until a new Force Awakens trailer comes out. 
Yes. And then we all cry. <laughs> Maybe just me. Um, this is actually your second appearance on the podcast. Your first oh, mm-hmm. was when we were recording at WonderCon. Yes. Oh, I was yes. like, oh. when was she on the podcast before? <laughs> you gave an answer of how you first discovered. It's a pretty I dramatic did. story mm-hmm. if you want to recap it. Yes, I will briefly recap. I was thinking about this the other day. I was um, in college. It was probably the second month I was there. It was right after Halloween in Santa Barbara. And I got hit. By a van on my bike in a hit and run and was just flown into the air and broke a lot of bones and was laid up in the dorm like on a lot of painkillers and I lived in this very nerdy dorm with a bunch of people who taught me how to use DC++ and how to like get... Good old DC++. Yeah. So I think I started with Buffy actually and I was, I had to move my like bunk mattress to the floor because I had a cast from like my fingers to my shoulder. Oh my god. And so I just didn't really go to class or make any friends, but I did watch all of Buffy. That's awesome. And it was amazing. And I fell head over heels uh, in love. And since then I've watched it at least once a year. So I I won't say how many years that that is, but it's several. I'm going to guess you were in Anacapa. I was in Pendola in the College of Creative Studies. I keep forgetting. Yes. Rachel and I went to school together. Yes. Um, although I don't rem- recall I don't if we, we met. met. <laughs> I don't think we met. She got hit by a van. No. Like, did you not? That was early on. on. I had but other I moments. Like, I, I feel like people probably still popcorn. were like, oh man, like. It's a big school. I did have someone, so I had to go to student health very briefly. I had to go to student health because no one called 911 and I was in shock. And <laughs> oh my, my arm was like hanging. Oh. And I was in in shock so I couldn't really I don't really remember anything but months later at a party someone came up to me and said did you get hit by a car and sit in student health because I talked to you for like a half an hour and I was really worried you had brain damage (laughs) because I was in shock and then I ended up going back to the hospital after student health but like people had encountered me just like help me (laughs) like I'm broken Um, I broke my foot surfing in Santa Barbara and then I hobbled to student health and it was closed on a Sunday it was like one o'clock they're like no we're closed now and then uh, my foot was broken, and that night I went to go see the film Happy Feet. <laughs> and it circle. cured you? Yeah. No. You got uh, been made danced. it worse. Because you, you started dancing during That's Happy what it was. Feet. I was just like, oh, God, so many, so many great dance moves. Um, <laughs> as, and we all, we all dance with our inner demons, I feel. And really, that's what this episode is kind of edging towards. Uh, lots of secrets, lots of nightmares, um, and lots of, you know... Uh, birthday celebrations to be had, and yet there's sort of a dark cloud on the horizon. But before we get into that amazing poetry that I was just spewing, that really I should be charging by the word for, uh, we are actually going to get a really quick summary of this episode a la Chris Bramante. Uh, It is a cram session, and he is going to go ahead and condense this incredible epic episode into five super easy rainstorm sentences. So Chris, take it away. Uh, Buffy is having suggestive and strange dreams that lead her to believe that Drusilla is not actually dead and may still be lurking out there with nefarious schemes that may or may not affect the fate of her beloved angel. One. (laughs) Great. Yeah. Meanwhile, it is Buffy's 17th birthday and the Scooby gang is planning a secret birthday party trying to keep Buffy's mind on good fun times 
as opposed to her obsession with the fact that she thinks that Drusilla is still alive, despite everybody being like, no, she's not, she's dead, and so is Spike, probably. Great, two. Tied it back into sentence one. I like that. Thank you. But there's not only one party in town. As it turns out, Drusilla is very much alive and powerful, while Spike wheels around hopelessly and moping in a wheelchair, all sadly agreeing with Drusilla's obsessive plan to assemble a giant, ancient, blue demon man, arm by arm, limb by limb, called the Judge. Three. <laughs> Chris just pulled out like a cigarette and coffee and just... <laughs> There's a book facade that there was a bottle of scotch hiding behind. That was that kind of night. <laughs> mm-hmm. The... Okay, so, Buffy expresses her fears to Angel, and there's a lot of sadness and love and romance, and Angel at her birthday party. Oh, Buffy (laughs) is taken to her birthday party by Jenny Callender, who is actually concealing secrets from the gang, as we find out that she's actually connected to the Gypsy Clan, and we're using that in the... The, uh... Don't explain it, it makes it worse. <laughs> this is a Faulkner sentence, but please continue. <laughs> that cursed angel, and that Jenny has actually this entire time been making sure that Angel is still suffering from the curse that her people put on him oh so many years ago. Three? Four. Oh, jeez. <laughs> four is generous. One last sentence. Wrap it up, put it on a bow, and leave it at someone's doorstep. Let's do it, Chris. On top of the bow. I'm sorry. Just continue. You said put it on a bow. Mm. <laughs> put a bow on it. <laughs> sorry, I'm confusing, like, the next he's one. Just in case you, you can't see this, listeners, but he's got a corkboard wall uh, with yarn. <laughs> 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 pictures of all the characters and newspaper clippings. Mm-hmm. So... The judge is assembled. The body parts brought forth. And, oh, that's those two sentences. And the body parts brought forth. And Buffy and Angel do what they can, but they must escape, and they end up in a in Angel's apartment, where we're not quite sure what happens, but it's implied that there was intimacy. And then Angel wakes up in the middle of the night, stumbles into the rain, and. Not all is comfortable. Five. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there was punctuation at the end of that sentence. I feel like if it was written, it would just sort of be the last word. There could be... You don't have to use and. I was thinking about this because I was listening to other episodes and I was thinking, if I have to do this, the editor in me is going to go insane because it's <laughs> going to be this... How do you accomplish this without an insane run-on sentence? And that would drive me Bonkers, so. Mm. I also wonder what it's like to accomplish it without. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, there's so much information. I feel like you can't, I mean. Do yeah. And I was actively, con- part of what was going on was I was kind of confusing what happens in Innocence, the following episode. Sure, sure. And we're going to work really carefully okay. to not bring up anything in Innocence. It's going to be very difficult. So if you want to go ahead and pause and ch- check out the next episode, just to be safe. Yeah, because they're all, they're kind of. One Connected, large movie. Yeah. 
You know, mm-hmm. like a sandwich isn't one piece of bread, it's two, but it's stuffed in the middle and it becomes mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Oz is like the olives that I forgot to include in that summary. But you can't get it all in You there, put you know? olives in sandwiches? Of course. Do <laughs> you guys put olives in sandwiches? What kind of sandwich? Uh, I was thinking... A Mediterranean? Yeah. Then Focaccia? Yes. Oh, sounds like a really good sandwich. Right? I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing sandwiches wrong. Uh, this is a a really crazy episode. Uh, a lot of a lot of internal emotional stuff is going on with Buffy, especially after everything that's happened the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. I know that bag bad eggs was a little bit of a break, but even mm-hmm. still, it's like half of the people she knows, most of the people she knows, minus Sander, turned on her. Right, the entire yeah. school was getting body snatched. Before that was Ted. And this is the next episode where it should be something happy. She's mm-hmm. turning 17, and a lot of stuff is falling on her shoulders. Yeah, and even though those two episodes, I mean, they're generally looked at pretty goofily. Like, I mean, we went into how depressing Ted actually is, but it's Ted and Bad Eggs are generally kind of considered sort of like almost throwaway comedic episodes just because of their basic description, evil robot and egg creatures. Sure. But I think that one thing I thought about in those is it's like, those are the most calm that her Angel relationship is. That it's like Angel, there's no real conflict with Angel in either of those episodes. It's like, those are the episodes where it's like, hey, why don't you just go hang out with Angel? And every scene with him is just him kind of being like, wow, Buffy, we love each other. Let's make out. And I think that those are the only, and this is kind of like where the Angel stuff, where we don't get to have happy Angel Buffy, I mean... Anymore for the time being. I won't get into... Something's going on. Right, right. right. I also feel like in season two, they sort of take all of the metaphors for what teens are going through and all of the decisions that they're making and are these the right decisions and what are the consequences of them? Not that they're necessarily right or wrong, but there are always consequences to what you do. And I feel like we're seeing a lot of the other teen characters and those decisions, what they're making... And so I feel like this is the culmination, these two episodes are the culmination of a lot of those things and everything changes for mm-hmm. everyone in all of these yeah. episodes. Mm-hmm. We haven't really gotten too much into this, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to take a stand and see how you guys feel about it. I like Buffy and Angel. Yeah, you're a Bangel fan? I'm a Bangel fan. Is that their name? Is I call name? them Affy, but that's just me. I, <laughs> it's I was always less of a Buffy and Angel fan, but it was because I didn't watch... I started watching Buffy in later seasons. Oh, okay. So by the time I had gone back to watch from the beginning, like, I was already tainted by, like, what happens later. Sure. So, mm-hmm. and That's I... Fair. Yeah. And so basically, like, I was even, like... I, I was so far to, like, be completely against David Boreanaz. Like, I wouldn't watch Bones because I was like, I don't like him. He's Angel. And, like, I never watched Angel because I was like, I don't like him. He's Angel. Because I was, like, little and I was just, like... You had a big anti-angel thing? Oh, yeah. It was really big. And it was ridiculous. I, yeah. I'm glad that I finally got over it because... It was like me and right. crocodiles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I'm also not a Bangel person. Uh, I think that their... To me, their love represents this kind of, like, almost like a love that shouldn't exist. That it's, like, the chemistry isn't social the chemistry is just like purely animal and it's almost like if angel wasn't a vampire i don't think she would actually be attracted to him and i think that it's like the 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 romance of the fact that this heroic guy who cares so much about her 
has this vicious side to him is what makes him interesting. If Angel was just Johnny Schmo on the street, watcher and training, I think that that wouldn't be there as much. I don't know if that's a crazy thing to say. No, no, I mean, I agree. I think Angel is definitely supposed to be kind of like the bad boy. Like in this case, he's, he's the bad boy because he's a vampire. Mm -hmm. um, but in the more kind of like everything that happens in a Buffy in Buffy is a metaphor for the teenage experience. Kind of like mm -hmm. Rachel was saying, mm -hmm. he would be just like a bad boy mm -hmm. or like an older man or like something like that. Yeah, he's the, I felt like he's the, when you're, she's 17, she's got this very, in, these very intense feelings for him, but they, I mean, they are, I wouldn't say they're not love, but they're the first time she's ever had this. Mm -hmm. He's a much older man that, mm -hmm. that relationship has played out many times in many teenage girls' lives, and that's it's the right thing, or at least the appropriate thing for her at this stage. But I have never been like there forever. They, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of totally. Fan. I love the um, one of my like, the most classic lines of Buffy ever is where like Buffy's like, "Oh, Oz, you're kind of flirting with him," and she's like, "Oh, but he's a senior," and she's like, "Oh, please, my boyfriend at the bicentennial." <laughs> like I love that, and I, I love, kind of a creep. It's, it's terrifying to think about, but it's like she just so casually throws yep. it out. I love when like the staff just like or like the whole. I mean, it is Buffy, but like this is a Marty Knoxon episode, but it's also kind of a very jossy, yeah, defined language thing, which is how like casually witty and hilarious. Every so often, people talk like Don Rickles. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah. they just like throw out this like it's as if like they're yeah. in like a nightclub or something like that. Just like yeah, and this guy that talks, where'd you get that? Your grandfather's grave or something like that. It's like. Specific type of humor. <laughs> Usually oh, an older man. Um, I, 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 what I like about the relationship between Buffy and Angel is I think that Buffy is very alone and very lonely. It is just vehicle central here tonight in Hollywood. Uh, oh, I forgot yeah. to mention tonight when we're recording that it's the uh, helicopter and motorcycle show <laughs> mm -hmm. in town. Also, someone downstairs was like blasting music. I guess they stopped before the podcast started. But they're listening to us now. <laughs> No, they're we so are the captain. The whole um, <laughs> they're like, you're right. I mean, he's so dreamy, but are they really right for well, each other? <laughs> also, like how he brought up Oz, I think Oz kind of serves because Joss always does foils. Like, especially, I feel like mm. Buffy, like everyone has their foil. And I feel like Oz is totally Angel's foil because he's also, like, quote unquote, an older man. But, um, oh, wait, is this an innocence? See, it's hard. Oh, it's hard. No. It's, it's hard. You think um, that it's the next one? Like, should we put it on ice and then bring it up? Put in the it next, on ice. I'm gonna bring it up in the next. In episode a week from now. Point. You'll hear it next week, guys. But mm -hmm. the point that I was about to bring up definitely happens uh, in the next one. In the next episode. So we're gonna wait on that. The. Um, but it's great. It's a great one. Can we talk about Jenny for a second? <laughs> yes. Because that scene and that reveal to me is just one of the strongest moments of the entire history of any Josh show. Just like that, I mean, that guy is kind of cartoonish, like uh, Jenny's- Oh, let's, the Jenny's uncle? from yeah. Witch Mountain? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's- And Ghost? <laughs> yes. My favorite role of his is he's from a Bond film. You guys remember right. that? And he's the one who's like, I am just a professional doing my job. And then Bond's like, me too. <laughs> is it Goldeneye? No, it's definitely not Goldeneye. I want to say it it's- a Brosnan uh, though, right? No, it's, it's, uh, it's the world is not enough. Which is, which is the one with the yeah, guy Brosnan. who can't feel pain? Remember, like, that's the villain. He got, like, hit in the head and he can't feel pain. Uh, you know it more than I do. Okay. Because uh, the world's not enough for tomorrow never dies. Those two are so similar. I'm not a Bond buff. Yeah. All right, well. 
But he is, uh, he's like Barry. So anyhow, he's, yeah. So this guy's great. He plays these characters super well, right? He just yeah. swoops in. And I feel like he frames Jenny in a totally different way. And it just, you get it, oh, though. You it, get it. It I have seen it probably 30 times, that episode or something. And every time, it's just goosebumps. Like, when you find out that that's what she's been doing this whole time, it's just like, ah! But, that, but ah! No, it's you so hard. A it's so hard because... <laughs> <laughs> Jenny Callender is one of my favorite characters in Buffy, and she's great, and she's so lovable and awesome. And then you find out that, like, she's been lying. She, like, knows more than she's been letting on, and you're like, oh, no. Like, like I hate when they take your favorite character, and then they make them bad because you don't want to hate them. And she's not even that she's necessarily, like, evil. It's just that she, like, knows more than she says she knows. Right. She has these family responsibilities and she did not expect to get caught up in yeah. the Scooby gang the way that she did, but it really brings her into the fold in a really excellent way that she can be even more a part of these stories mm-hmm. and gives her something entirely new to do and just this whole episode shifts again every relationship and leads it like barreling towards the end of the season to these yeah. huge changes for everyone and it just mm-hmm. every single person in this one gets something like that. Mm-hmm. What were you guys like when you were 17? Sounds like a craziness happening. <laughs> Sounds like someone's <laughs> breaking every glass. It's like breaking Tron glass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, Tron. yeah. Oh, they just got disced. Uh, um, Ooh, I, have a, I have a thought off of that was that it's an NF of yours. Tron glass? That's a Tron glass. <laughs> yeah. No, but is the idea of the title surprise. The surprise is about Buffy's birthday and sure. that and about perhaps something that happens at the end of this episode. But... Surprises every single element. Yeah. It's Jenny revealing that yeah. she's actually been involved with uh, the angel curse. It's um, us getting to find out that Spike and Drusilla are still around and that their dynamic has completely flipped, except that Spike that. is like mm-hmm. totally not fun. Yeah. He's just moping and he hates everything. Yeah. He does have a really cool burn. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He looks he great. He looks great. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. And that, and, and we'll get more into this in the, to the next episode, but then between the Xander and Willow relationship, there's also major surprise moments that happen. Um, in the so, next episode. We'll this talk is about something... that <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. For now, it's uh, still a secret. Yeah. <laughs> now we're just going to sit on our hands for the next 20 minutes. Um, I mean, this is something that's, you can see it happening in this episode, and this is something that I love about Buffy, um, is that they you don't even realize when things are being planted. And there's so much going on in the background. And, you know, speaking from, like, a writing standpoint, from a a directorial standpoint, that gives characters so much to do, Mm -hmm. that they have secrets. And that's usually what is, like, if you want to, like, spice up a scene, you go up to an actor and you pull them aside and you whisper a secret in their ear and you let them play it out. And Mm -hmm. it just gives Jenny so much... Like, it just makes sense that Jenny was doing stuff in the background, right? She wasn't just, like you know teaching people like coding and <laughs> right uh and you know making sure harm gets her homework in on time and stuff like that uh like everyone's got secrets and it even ties back into um Did you say harm? harm yeah harmony. Like harmony yeah have we seen harmony this season no uh, well she was in the computer class right no the last season she was she's still i don't think we've seen harmony since she like fell down the stairs she fell down stairs yeah the invisible episode Oh, that's right. I mean, I'm pretty She's sure got some more coming up, though. Yeah. 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 I've not seen her in a very long time. But I like that you... She's still there, though. She's probably She's at school. Us. She seemed good at it, <laughs> is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm positive she stuck with it. She's probably designing apps. So that's why she wasn't having to do the extra credit, is that, you know, Xander had to, and Cordy had to go in and finish up their computer homework. Harmony, passing with flying colors. Done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
She could be teaching the class. But yeah, I love um, that too, because it's like, there's no way that you could have predicted that that could have even been a secret of Jenny's, because you didn't even know that was a thing. But it makes sense. Fact, but it's so mm -hmm. perfectly it, makes Yeah, sense. and it just allows for people to be so complicated, and this kind of ties back into what, what I like about Buffy and Angel, is that, is that Buffy is a very complicated character, and I think that she's allowed to be herself more around Angel mm -hmm. than sort of around others. Uh, in the show. She lets herself go and sort of, I mean, she loses herself a little bit in him and you, you worry about that and that's yeah. bound to happen the first time you fall in love especially and you meet someone like that but it feels like she, you can see it in her, I mean, Sarah Michelle Gellar is so great in these two episodes and you can see it in her body language everywhere that Angel is. She is completely zoned in on yeah. him for, in both of these episodes because she just... That's not necessarily a bad thing because she is alone. She has a hard time letting people in because she has this weight on her shoulders. But then when she does let people in, you know, people sometimes get hurt. In different yeah, yeah. Experiences she's had. That's so true. Uh, to jump back into a question I asked a little earlier, and then um, Zeus from the the movie Tron Legacy next door was breaking stuff everywhere. Um, what were you guys like when you were seventeen? Turning 17, right? So 16 going on 17. What grade is that? <laughs> junior, sophomore? Six, sweet 16s were sophomore year. Mm -hmm. So that junior. would be junior year. Junior year. Anxious. Anxious? Um, watching a lot of Buffy. Sure. <laughs> I, think that, I think that Buffy was ending during it. We graduated, our graduating class in high school was 2006. Yeah, yeah. Seventeen may have been my mo one of my weakest states in my life. Yeah, like, I would I say think, the same. I think it was one of my most isolated. Like I had a lot of friends, but that particular time period, I was watching a ton of Buffy, a ton of Star Trek. I was anxious. I was like going through di digestive confusion. <laughs> That was like maybe a can, like a physical condition. Like sometimes you ate food, but your body didn't break it down. It was I don't just even like know what it was. The if toast I, was just still the toast. Yeah. As I look back, it was probably my mind mm -hmm. pay, playing tricks on me. Yeah. Sure. But I would be like nervous in class. I remember I would like dread class so much and that I would write out the Buffy titles. Wow. Just to pass the time. I have like notebooks full of like the, like, I would test myself on being able to say all the different Titles. That's pretty extreme. <laughs> wasn't a happy camper. And I was in my punk rock band, the Mosh Potatoes, which I can tell you guys about all that. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> How about you, Holland, when you were 17, which was what? <laughs> I'm not going to go for the easy ones. I don't go for the easy ones. Um, I th That was like SATs, right? We were taking SATs around then because we were getting ready for that college. Was like, yeah. That was like SATs, like figuring out what colleges you were going to apply for. I don't even remember what I was like socially. Like I'm just thinking that like, I don't know what I was like when I was 17. Actually, no, I remember my 16th birthday. I really don't know what I was like when I was 17. I can't think of it. Like, I'm remembering, like, SATs applying for college. It was junior year. Huh? No. <laughs> You're just, just listening naming, like, a yeah. word bubble of, uh, like, yeah, yeah, this is a thought yeah. cloud of high school. I high school. That prom, I remember prom being horrible. I remember my hair was black that year. I mean, that's not it's interesting. Fair. It's fair. All fair assessment. I remember nothing. 
I mean, that's pretty telling, right? Of that of that time period. That prom was bad and my hair was black. That's and like my you entire high school experience. And yeah. you're just thinking about the future. I just remember that my score, I never liked my score. What was your score? Because you were testing in the 2400s, right, at the time? Yeah, it was not good. The first time I took it, I got like a, 19, uh, a 1690 and I like, no, 1640 or 1690 and I cried for days. And then I retook it and got a 1940 and it still wasn't over 2000. So I was not happy, but I had such bad text, test anxiety that I never went back and retook it. And then I was supposed to take my SAT2s and I never took those either. Whoa. But it was not good. They, weren't, they were not good SAT scores because everyone else I knew was over 2000. And some people, like, I had friends that, like, almost got a perfect score. So I was just like... Where are they now? Uh, well, one of them is working at CERN in Switzerland. <laughs> oh, wow. So... They ask got... them not to blow up. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Sounds like a lot of pressure. Yeah. I got way worse. I'm, I was the worst test taker. I think I got 1030 and then 1130 out of 1600. But, like, since I was a young, tiny child, my mom, like, was told he's going to be a horrible test taker. Oh, okay. I thought you were taking the test while you were a tiny child, and you're like, and since I was a tiny child at the time. Yeah, yeah. I take these SATs. Look, man, he's not going to do well. <laughs> he can't reach the pencils. <laughs> How about you, Rachel? Um, I was sad. I was very sad, yeah. teen. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up here in L.A., and I went was at an all-girls school and, and then transferred schools and moved in with my dad full time, who I'd only seen like once a month uh -huh. when I was 16. And so I went to a brand new school and I was very shy. I like, couldn't make eye contact Still with people. Still in LA or? Yeah, just across town and like wasn't talking, you know, family drama. But yeah, I was very tall and very shy and had a really hard time speaking. I made some friends. That's where I found like other people who I was like, oh, there are nerds here. It's not just like, a movie of mean teen girls at a Catholic school, which was what my experience at Catholic school was like. Um, so I was starting to figure out how to be myself and be comfortable with myself and even just like admitting that I like to write and that, you know, all that kind of stuff that, you know, is cool now, but was mm -hmm. not cool then. Um, but yeah, I had blue hair. Um, no I way. Try, yeah, I, try, I like, you would not... You would not recognize me, probably. It's it's still amazing that I can hold a conversation with people <laughs> like, without just like mm -hmm, myself. So, but I was getting nice. I was getting out of it, working on it. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. I feel like at the time I was very extroverted and well liked, but I couldn't figure out why. Uh, so hard, rough, rough life. It, well, it was. I love we're all like we were miserable. Yeah. We're just like Anxious everyone mess. likes to me. And well, I no, I mean, I, I was, I was, people. I was definitely miserable too because I didn't know why, and so I kept trying, like I kept doing different things. Well, that's me now. Oh, okay. So we're just sorry. going. It gets better. Does it? You grow a beard and you just stop caring. Okay, I'll grow uh, <laughs> But yeah, and then um, don't say it sarcastically. I can do it. You can do it. Anyone can do it. Anyone can do anything in America. That's the dream. Except for Gatsby, he got shot. Um, but he can do that. But he got the spoiler alert. That. Sorry, guys. That movie just came out. <laughs> oh no! Waiting on the sequel. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I got into uh, a super unhealthy relationship. That, I'm not thinking about this because my birthday is in June, and it was when I, after I turned 17, it was going into senior year. So it was after junior year, going into senior year, oh. I got into like a really unhealthy relationship that I couldn't identify as unhealthy, and I don't think the other person could either because I we just didn't have like the self awareness at the time. But it was totally because of like stuff like that, where it was just like not really knowing who I was, like not knowing what I wanted, and just like kind of like trying to figure that out. Yeah. And so while I am super in favor of like Buffy Angel at the same time, like flags are always going up in my head at that age because you're just like, ooh, you know, mm -hmm. maybe take up, you know, take up cooking, learn how to cook. 
you I mean they wouldn't you wouldn't listen to it anyway. I had an older yeah. boyfriend right after actually right after that I ended up meeting an older guy who I dated who now like when I was in college I kept thinking, man, if any of my friends dated someone still in high school, I'd be like, what are you doing? Right. Like, Dude, come on. But yeah, at the time and I it, it sends off red flags. You mm-hmm. you worry about, you know, you're in such different places in your life that, again, if you don't know any better and this is the first thing you've ever felt, then you just, you throw yourself entirely into it. And sometimes that's good, but sometimes it's unhealthy, yeah. you know? Actually, when I was 17, I'm this happened, like, when I was, because I don't remember how, I was either, like, 16 or 17, but I had gone to this film camp in Vancouver um, and it was for a week and I had met this guy who was one of the counselors at the camp who was like in his thirties and like from Germany. And so like nothing ever happened, but we like continued to talk. Oh, I like, see. Like throughout high school. Well, I was in high school. He was in Canada. He- <laughs> <laughs> you had an but, older uh, boyfriend in Canada. But we weren't, it's like we weren't dating. It was never like a thing, but it, we talked on, we like Facebook message like constantly. Um... Uh, yeah, in hindsight, it was kind of weird because it was like one of those things where I was just like, oh, like it's fine because we're not doing anything. Yeah. But also I like talked to him a lot and it was just like a, it was a weird thing. Probably more weird on him. No. And then yeah. one day, I remember the day I stopped talking to him because he was like, I'll send you videos and you can edit them. And I was like, okay, cool. This will be fun. And then he sent me this video of the sheep being slaughtered. Wait, what? Ugh. What? And then I was like, oh, I don't talk to you anymore. Wait, why did, what was this for? What project was this for? It wasn't for a project. It was just like a for a fun thing because it was just supposed to be like a collaboration thing. Because like I met him at a film camp, and then it was just uh, like we were do what? Something. Was it like stock footage or he? Uh, no, the sheep? he was like I filmed something the other weekend. It's kind of weird. Just warning you, but like you can, I'll send this to you, and then you can like edit it and put like music with it or whatever. <laughs> what music were you gonna put? Closing time. <laughs> was a By Sonic. Like what was Nine no. Inch Nails? <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't know how to respond to it. That's well, super scary. Uh, That's uh surprise. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I did not see that coming. Wow. Oof. Wow. I mean, even Angel didn't do that. No, no, no. Um, do you guys have any do you guys have any birthday disasters? Uh, any totally disastrous birthdays? I feel like my birthday always ends up being pretty pretty chill. Um, I had one birthday, my 21st birthday, mm-hmm. it was the apartment that all of my friends first moved into when we moved out of NYU housing. It's like we got an apartment in the Lower East Side, it was super cool, and Whoa. no one had moved in yet, and the first party we had there was my birthday party, and it was like, i just broken up with a girlfriend that then I got back together with later, who's now, I think, getting married in the next few months to someone else. And that's fine. It's good that she is. We shouldn't have been together. But it was like, at the time, she and I had been broken up. Uh-huh. And she was coming to the birthday party. Oh, cool. And I was a little stressed about that. I was trying to kind of, like, make another group of two of my friends become friends with each other, or at least kind of become amicable, because they didn't really like each other. And that wasn't going well. Right. Uh, it was like 21st birthday, so there was booze involved. I remember the fun part was that there was like a hunt for a bunch of different um, oatmeal cream pies, but of course my 
ex-girlfriend made a painting about a film that we made together and it was her present and she'd been working on it when we were still together and she wanted to give it to me and it was really emotional it was really heartbreaking and it was like uh and i still have that painting buried in a closet somewhere you should send it to her for a wedding oh you should totally (laughs) re-gift it and it's like i saw this and i thought of you (laughs) i'm like yeah It would be a very terrifying painting to send to. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Yeah. That's a pretty tough birthday. It was uncomfortable. A birthday's a day that you're supposed to like not be uncomfortable, right? It's supposed to be a day that like is your day. I feel like I'm always uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. Why I guess I'm always uncomfortable, but I don't know. I stress myself out trying to make sure I think everyone else is having a good time. So oh. I, you know, yeah. and I always want I love to cook. And in recent years, I've thrown, like, theme birthdays where I can just, like, make crazy food and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I end up just ruining it for myself, I think. Yeah. Oh, because you just do, are doing I so get, much. Yeah, and I just get really excited. And then I, I feel like I don't have any time to actually pay attention to it. Mm. I want it to be the most fun anyone else has ever had. But then I right. don't have any fun. <laughs> Is it because there's, like, so much focus and attention on you because it's your birthday and everyone's like, birthday, birthday, you, 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 hi. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> have you had a bad birthday, Holland? Um, I don't know. A birthday stressed me out because I don't like throwing things because I feel like whenever I host something, people don't show up. And then, like, it could totally be just, like, a totally, like, not related to me at all. But then I'm just like, oh, no, like, no one's going to show up to this thing. So I always, like, go into panic mode. Because I feel like I've done, like, I remember on my 21st birthday, I was supposed to go get drinks, like, at midnight as I turned 21. And then my two other friends who were 21 at the time canceled on me, so I didn't go. And then, like, mm-hmm. not cool. I That's super lame. Ended yeah, up going cool. the next, because I was at class the next day, and they were like, oh, it's your birthday? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, how was your first drink? And I was like, I mean, I didn't go. And they were like, we're going to go as a class. And then, so that was cute. So then, like, my classmates took me out after. Aww. Even better. Yeah. So, like, that was nice. But just, like, in general, I feel like whenever I try and, like, get people together to do something, it just, like, because I was telling you, like, that brunch that I, like, I threw a brunch when I first came out here. Because I was like, oh, all my friends are out here. I'm going to have a brunch. And everyone was like, yeah, throw a brunch. It'll be a great idea. And then, like, no one showed up. And it was just like... I never heard about that brunch. Yeah, I not did. to invite myself, but anytime <laughs> you want to have a brunch, I make really good biscuits, so... Whoa! Um, like caramelized mushroom balsamic what? cheddar biscuits. What? All right, like throwing another brunch. Next level. I was just going to... I just put flour on the table. <laughs> I was just going to come. <laughs> if I get an invite. <laughs> it, was, it was literally like when I first moved out here in January. Okay, cool. The podcast hadn't started yet. Okay, okay, okay. We were still enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Omar, birthday? Yeah. Bad birthday? Oh, I'm trying to think of my worst birthday, but I think... Everyone likes me so much. Everyone likes me so <laughs> much. Like and I just have to please everybody all the single time and host podcasts and be out here and sell myself in Hollywood or no one will like me. No, I... Um, <laughs> I... Uh, and that's not true, by the way, because I'm a writer, so I don't have to worry about people liking me. So it's kind of like a Cordelia Chase... Like, you're like the Cordelia Chase. Everybody loves you, but you're really alone. Yeah, which Buffy character are you? Oh, let's transition to that. I would say I'm probably Cordelia. Mm, mm, hmm. <laughs> I'm Cordelia. Okay, here's what it is. Here's, I think that I'm just, I'll answer first and then I'll open it up. I think that, I think I'm either Cordy or Giles, and it depends. If we're not driving, I think I'm Cordy, where I'm fine. And sometimes I'll be a little obnoxious because I know it adds a, a little bit of spice to the, to the evening. 
right? I'll say something a little off color, something a little racist. I'll use the word gypsy or something. Uh, and uh, I'll do that. But if I'm driving, like, I just go, I feel like I go into Giles mode where I'm just like, these are all my kids. I take care of them. Everyone in the car. I got to mm-hmm. check on everyone. I'm checking for spiders on the side of the road. Um, nice. Not when you I'm do, driving. You I'm do look walking. for spiders on the side of the street. I don't want people to get bit by black widows. That's true. Uh, but yeah, so I would say I'm, a, I'm either Cordelia or Giles. You? Oh, I don't know. Probably a mix. That sounds really lame to say Buffy, but I feel I feel very akin to Buffy, but maybe a little bit of Drusilla. Mm. A little, there's a former goth kid in me. She's very like space cadet sort of unfocused human that I, or not human, that I, I get along with. And maybe Willow too. But mostly to create I thought you were gonna say like you didn't used to be human. Yeah. There was a curse put on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I always say like Willow, like maybe a little bit Buffy, but I'm not like cool enough to be Buffy, I feel like. I Buffy's feel like not cool. I think I'm more Willow. So then you're not Buffy, because you are cool. What? Thank you for the high five, Holland. <laughs> Listeners, Holland just high five me. That wasn't me high five myself. <laughs> Such a Cordelia. Anyway, I just can see you as Buffy. That'd be cool. I see you as Buffy. That'd be nice. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, um, guys. I feel like I'm a Xander who wishes he was a Spike. <laughs> <laughs> Getting that on a shirt. Getting it on a shirt. <laughs> uh, with a little bit of actually a large bit of the character that I relate to. Most in the series has yet to be introduced. We will meet her next season. She's my yeah. favorite character. Oh, okay. oh I see it. Whole series. She's my number one character. But we won't talk about her yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is who I ultimately identify oh, with. I, yeah, I have one next season, but I don't know if that's someone. You might probably. It's probably someone. Yeah. She hangs around for a little while. Oh no, I'm thinking of the one. Okay. Hangs. <laughs> hangs she doesn't hang. 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 That word for two. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, also, can we just talk about like going back to the episode? Drusilla's birthday party way cooler than Buffy's birthday. Yeah. 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 See, that's, that's the kind of birthday I'm trying to throw. Cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, was it a birthday party or was it an apocalypse party? Maybe both. I couldn't tell because I thought that it was also Drusilla's birthday because she was getting presents, but then I was just like. Because if, if you're just having a regular party, you don't get presents. Right. Don't you specifically only get presents on a birthday? No. I mean, not if you're ruling No, if you have a baby shower. I just fit. assumed it <laughs> was a birthday. Afraid. I guess it wasn't. Here's a gift. Please don't yeah. kill me. I guess yeah. it was an yeah. apocalypse party. Right. Though that music that she got was the worst. Where she's like, music, and claps her what hands. What was the one song that was playing that was literally like... Like Transylvanian something. Yeah, like it was that line. one. Yeah, that music's yeah. really bad. That sounds like, like a 90s, super lame party. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a really party. I like the music. Yeah, yeah I like the party. It. Like those I violins. Yeah, yeah, I was all about it. It was very like 90s grunge party. Yes. Yeah. It's just the opening violins of the song. I feel like it's like the band at the death day party that like uh, Sir Nicholas from Harry Potter would yeah. throw. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of like these like screeching sounds. And then like once they start doing the scene, like I've actually heard that song on the Buffy soundtrack, it gets gets better. But it in that first thing, I'm like, ooh, these violins and Drusilla's just like 
all these flowers. She's weird. Yeah. Well, yeah. they're the wrong flowers. Yeah. They're yeah. so wrong. <laughs> she freaks out. Um, one of my favorite moments in the episode is they're throwing the surprise party for Buffy, and Willow has invited Oz as her date, which mm-hmm. is one of the cutest scenes mm-hmm. ever. Oh, yeah. She's like, I said, date. And it's just, <laughs> it's too precious. And he mm-hmm. he's hanging out, and Buffy crashes in, fighting these vampires, getting the box. And Oz does not know what's going on at all, and just says, like, no one else see that guy <laughs> turn yeah. into dust? And then they explain it to him, and he goes, actually, it makes a lot of sense. Like, every, he's the yeah. one who just, I love his dry, wit. Mm-hmm. In every moment, as soon as he becomes part of the gang, where it's just like, well, yeah, that you know, his this is crazy. Is perfect. Yeah, he's yeah. so good. Yeah, um, I see the hand of the bell getting very close. Okay, that's how bells work. And um, <laughs> I just really want to quickly talk about the end of this episode yes. and about the uh, electricity. Really, but this is a, it's such a crazy sequence where they they go up against a judge we have not talked about. Yeah, it's all right. We're still putting that together. Uh, and, um, they are, they, they go up against the judge, they lose. Uh, the judge is pretty strong. They're out of the element. They walk right up to the judge. They, like, walk into an arena that they are not prepared for. Yeah. I don't think they think that they have all the people, you know, they've only seen the arms, so Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, we've got plenty of time because this is a TV show. Any fan of Mr. Potato Head would know, sometimes all you need is the arms. Uh... And, uh, sorry, I'm sorry if I offended any Mr. Potato Head fans out there. I know that's an ardent community. Um, and shortly after, they are uh, retreating back to angels, and they're, like, treating their wounds. And I know there was discussion earlier in the episode about, like, you know, being close and intimate uh, mm-hmm. between those two. But I feel like that seems, like, huge. Like, that's oh, yeah. unleashing a lot of built-up mm-hmm. sexual tension that's been going on for two years. Yeah. And I mean, definitely the whole episode, it's not like a surprise. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the opening dream scene. Mm-hmm. Right. Are, do, yeah. you, do you think you're ready, Buffy? That's the question of the whole episode. The whole giant episode is, yeah, like, Are you big question mark. And she discusses it with Willow, and they go yeah. through it, and it shows just how innocent, I think, mm-hmm. they both are, too, in the way that they're discussing all of this yeah. and trying to reason through it and think, well... Wanting, you know, going through, is it the right thing to do? But they, I really like how you said that they, their passion is so animalistic because mm-hmm. it really is. You feel it in this scene, this like insane heat between them. And you just feel, and you know, it's like, it's going to happen. It has to happen. Yeah. It's like, there's this, like, there's many coming of age scene, or many coming of age stories, um, especially around this time. It was, it was hugely popular. And not to get too much into this territory, because I, I don't know, it might be uncomfortable for people to listen to <laughs> my voice say these words. But like the idea of like losing your virginity or like having sex, right? Yeah. And choosing, um, choosing someone to like be a partner with is like it's huge for you know at that age. It's gigantic. Yeah. And like other stories I've seen, for example, like uh, was it American Pie? Uh, like there's like a scene in like where Tara Reid and I forget the other gentleman that she's with. Uh, uh, the rookie of the year guy. Rookie of the year guy. That's like I feel like that's only like call him that. <laughs> that's how he was credited. Uh, I feel like that's like the standard for those scenes, right? Where it's like yeah. two people in bed, it's like pretty well lit, and everything's like fine. Whereas this one is totally different. The way they approach it, it's just like huge. Like mm-hmm. it feels real. Like there's so much inside that they need to express, and this is the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. And then something goes wrong. Um, and I don't know. I just really wanted to bring up that scene because I thought it was really well done. Yeah, it feels slow too. It feels like there's this pregnant pause not to use a 
but that would be a very different show. But just there, it's so quiet. They're taking so yeah. much time to say everything that they're saying. She turn, you know, she's not even facing him in the beginning. She slowly, as soon yeah. as he starts to say what she's been wanting to hear for so long, she turns to him. And it's so slow and she's waiting and you just feel the like anxiety for both of them because they know it's wrong. They know that it's how can this work out? She is a vampire slayer. He's a yeah. vampire. Like it's, it's pretty straightforward. This is probably not the best idea, but they can't help it. Yeah. Ah, it's intense. It's very intense. It's Buffy does it every so often. Where, I mean, the, the rule of, of film, uh, like the rule of movies is show not tell, whereas the rule of television is tell 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 because people might be folding laundry or whatever. Like they need to hear everything that's happening, um, and every so often Buffy does that where they pull away from the tell 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 and they just let a scene play out, and it's really cinematic. So I was actually folding laundry when I was watching it earlier. That's Were you? <laughs> that's nuts. Not that scene though. I stopped and wept. But, <laughs> you know, I didn't actually do that. I've seen it a lot. I love it. <laughs> so what we're going to do right now is an extra quick activity. What that means is we're going to make something up on the spot inspired by the episode. We have no idea what it's going to be, but it's going to tie into the episode. Hopefully it's something cheery, but because the episode is pretty epic, maybe it won't be. <laughs> but anyhow, what are we doing this week, Colin Farkas? Um, okay, so we haven't talked about the judge a lot. I'm sure we'll get into him next week, but I can't not make the Transformers judge comparison because they literally like build him up like he's a freaking Transformer because it's like arm, arm, leg. Oh, okay, torso. sure, yeah. He's like That's Optimus, like assembling, like. yeah. looks like, yeah, like Optimus Prime. Um, <laughs> Aside from the car bit, but yeah. Aside from there's no cars, but what if? <laughs> sure, sure. What if? car so parts, that's, yeah. That's your pitch. Uh, we're going to... The judge Transformers? We're pitching the, the, I want... the next Transformers movie? You know, the... Like the Optimus speech about just like oh at the end when Lincoln Park is playing maybe uh, definitely I mean yeah I'm just correct like yes the judge the judge's speech his, you know what whenever Optimus is like the Optimus Park I don't know you know what I'm talking about uh, well at the end he's like this we we are here yeah first yeah. maybe you should just do it okay all right mm-hmm. so this is this is uh, the judge's That's Optimus phrase. Prime speech uh, Omar do you want to do the Steve Jablonski underscore <laughs> yeah. Sent from the ashes, come to bring the righteous to their knees. He is standing. He sees all, he feels all, he senses your hopes, your dreams. He drinks them. He digests and puts them out into the world. And he will feel the innocent burn for the judge. That's good. I don't know if that speech is. This is the thing. Like I didn't. I didn't really land it. I didn't know what it was. It sounded good. Did it? Yeah. I was getting that. But I didn't really end it. Someone else want to end it? Sure, Rachel. What's the end of the speech? Well, burned Shia LaBeouf. That's right. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. See, he's not that bad of a guy after all. <laughs> <Kyle>. Just kidding. <laughs> I love that music video. <laughs> and that is our final bell, which means it is time to wrap up this session. Thank you so much for joining us. 
apparently in the bathroom, uh, for uh, this very special session where we were talking about Buffy's birthday, surprise, and a lot of very, very heavy topics. Uh, thank you so much to our guest, Rachel Hine, for joining us. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, where can they find you and your works? Oh, well, they can find me at Nerdist.com and uh, Twitter.com slash Rachel Hine, H-E-I-N-E. Awesome. You just drop in. Just find me at Nerdist. Yeah, that's all I do all day. So. <laughs> and all night. <laughs> so. How about you, Chris? Hi, I'm Chris Bramante. Uh, you can find me on the internet as Amontiach or with uh, a musical improv group called Robot Teammate in the Accidental Party performing across Los Angeles. Or if you guys are at Kamikaze, we're going to be doing a panel there and then we will be performing on the Geek and Sundry Twitch stream on October 23rd. Yeah! How about you, Holland? Um, I'm Holland Farkas. You can find me on Twitter at Holland Farkas, Facebook Holland Farkas, Instagram Farkland, YouTube, youtube.com slash user slash telltellheartxo. I haven't updated that channel in months. Um, That's my favorite part. Telltellheartxo. You can find my articles on Geek and Sundry. Smart Girls, by the time this comes out, those are late. Um... <laughs> They weren't late. They were on time. Um, and Ashton Kutcher's website, apparently. I saw that. that happened. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, mm -hmm. A plus, Femsplain, Teen Vogue. It's been, a, it's been a crazy few months. But yeah, so find me there. All those places, apparently. <laughs> I feel like you just like sneezed out like all these great things at the end. You're like, you know, Teen Vogue. Whatever. whatever. <laughs> I'm getting a Nobel Prize. Uh, I'm Omar. You can find me at youtube.com slash 2 geeks uh, or on Twitter, number 2 broke geeks. I also have a personal Twitter, which is at uh, Omar Najam. I worked on two web series, which are now in full bloom. They're going out. One of them is Retro Diaries. Go check that out. And Social Medium. Yeah. And I'm also working on, sorry, this is a plug-heavy bit, but I'm also working on 13 Days, 13 Shorts, uh, mm, yeah. which is a really, really fun festival that I would love for all of you to participate in. So check out 13days13shorts.tumblr.com. Again, that's 13days13 shorts. .tumblr.com. And you can always check out anything and everything Sunnydale Study Group related at SSG Podcast. Again, that's at SSG Podcast on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Sunnydale Study Group. We'll be posting a bunch of cool stuff. There was something specifically I wanted to post and remember, but just you'll have to go to Facebook to see what it is. Uh, and you can also find us on Instagram. We post a few pictures, and uh, we love interacting with you guys. So um, we want to know this week, what Buffy character are you? We asked it last season... But let's just do a refresh. Keep asking it. Yeah, I haven't, we haven't like people been... change. What season two character are you? There you go. Yeah, up to this point. I don't want to hear your season one answers. That's in the past. It's gone. We need to get over it. Mm -hmm. Rachel, again, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. <laughs> of course. And Rachel will actually be with us for next week's episode, Innocence. So Ooh. join us back for that. I demanded that I be here for part two of this two unofficial two part episode. So mm. thanks for allowing me to come back. Yep, she beat us up. We had to run back to Angels. <laughs> it was raining. Things got weird. All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Until then, pack up your bags, pack up your books. We'll see you then.
plane. <laughs> oh, you have all the nightmare in Elm Streets that are good. Marathon. I got like a package. I forgot how the first movie doesn't really end. Right. I want my mom back. And she gets her mom back, and they're like, no, maybe it's a dream. Right. Maybe. Because it's horror. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just all a dream. Are you ready, guys? Uh huh. Yeah.